Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week, getting through the day, getting through the month. Sometimes we've got to bite size it. It's just about getting through the next couple hours. I'm serious when I say that I laugh, but sometimes I need to kind of uh, slice the day, week, or month down into chunks of time. Kind of focus on just, hey, what do I need to do today? All right. And uh, figure out what I got to do tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sometimes we do it by the week. I um, want to remind everyone, there's a lot of different ticks, uh, tips and tricks and tools. Ooh, got to find a word to combine all that tips, tricks, and tools to uh, really kind of bump that up and feel the impact. So remember, it's not always about what's happening in the moment. Often what really determines our mood and our mental health is the generalized perspective or the symbolic presence or lack there of something. Here's what I mean when I say that. What's helped a lot of patients in my practice is we set up a calendar and I tell them, you want this visual calendar, use the keyword as visual, always in sight or at least able to be seen. Putting it in your phone for some works, but for most of us, we need to see it, we need to bump into it. I'm gonna get there in a minute, bear with me. It's kind of like how I say, whatever you're working on, leave post-it notes around. You have to bump into reminders of whatever it is you're trying to practice or work on for that day. This is the work of mental health. We can't think. Uh, it's like I have to tell my patients, you know, therapy isn't just once a, once a week sitting down and venting. It's, it's also saying, where's my work? Challenging my thinking, challenging my behavior, and then in between sessions going out and applying it. You know, you can't, you can't expect to be um, attaining new skills without practicing. You know, runners run five days a week or more for hours. They're, they're practicing. They're building up their heart rate, their endurance, muscle strength. Any athlete knows that. That is how mental health has to work. But a lot of people don't want to put the time and effort into their mental health. And yet we put so much time and energy into redoing our bathroom, into our hair and our makeup, or in going to the gym, but yet we, we balk and scoff at the idea of five to seven minutes a day working on mental health. That would mean asking yourself, what are my goals for myself this day? How can I be a better partner, a better parent, a better person? At the end of the day, looking back, how did that go? What do I need to work on tomorrow? In addition to maybe being in therapy and reading some quality, it's a key word, self-help stuff, but we also maybe put notes around, depending on what we're working on. Now, the whole point of the calendar is because we need to have the experience of seeing what's on it. That is the intervention sometimes, not what's on it, but having the experience of seeing that there are things on it. 
in one color, we talked about this on another show, you have all the fun things that, are, that you're planning for that week written on the calendar. But yes, in order to have the positive experience of looking over at it and seeing in red or green or whatever color you want to use for the fun stuff, you have to actually plan. And everyone should have on that calendar two to three things a week that are like, you can look and go, see, it's not all just work. See, it's not all just bad. See, I'm not just worried about the kids or my job or my boss. Look at, look at what else my life is rooted in. I can see it over there. Maybe I can't see exactly what they are, but it doesn't matter. I see that there are things on there in red. I'm going to be doing fun things this week. That's the intervention. And then also going and doing them. Maybe you also do a different color for social. You need to be socializing. It's okay if you're married or in a relationship, but you still get to have time away with just your friends. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, you're doing a toxic form of monogamy. Support your partner in going out with their friends without you. That's called love. Otherwise, you're not being a good partner. Tell them, go go see your friends. I'll see you when you get back. I'll be happy here with a big smile when you get back. Go. I want you to have social on that calendar so you can see it and be like, look, I have my own life. And then I also want you to do romance stuff. See, in blue, that's what I do with my partner. So we're doing date night. But then in green, I got the solo stuff from going out alone with my friends. See that in red? That's rest. I build in restful things. Taking a bath, going for a walk, going for a hike, by myself, reading a book. Free time isn't available time. That's ours. Protect that. You better believe I do. I, if someone says, what are you doing during this window period? And if that window period is my free time, I'm like, I'm busy. I'm booked. Yeah, that isn't time to give away to others. So you put that on the calendar. I'm going to be reading that book on Saturday for three hours. That isn't time that can be interrupted by picking someone up at the airport. I'm busy. Just like you would say, I got to work. I'm not available to pick you up. That's my, that's my solo work time. I'm not available to pick you up. You know, we squeeze that other stuff into true free time. But we should have this all on the calendar so we can see, look in green, I know what I'm doing with my partner, romance is happening. In blue, solo stuff, I know I'm going out alone with my friends, my buddies. And then in red, I got some of my own restful joy hobby-based stuff. None of that can be rescheduled. That is not available time. Your boss needs something, sorry, I'm not available. You don't have to explain, got stuff on the calendar. Your sister needs something, sorry, not available, don't have to explain, you're booked. It doesn't matter that it's because you're gonna read alone for a couple hours or go out with your friends. That is just as important and meaningful as whatever else might be on there. But we also want to have the positive mental health enhancing experience of seeing those things on paper to know that we're doing them. It's also a good barometer. Oh, I'm feeling a little depressed and lonely. Well, let me look at the calendar. Oh, there's nothing on it. That's why there is no joy coming in this week. There is no, there's nothing social happening. Always have those things built into your calendar to make sure it happens. And also, as I said again and again, to have the mental health enhancing experience of knowing that it's going to happen. Also a good way to uh, assess how out of balance your quote unquote you know, labor versus rest, work life, as we say. You're going to see how imbalanced that is. Start to make it more balanced. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some sex stuff. I've missed talking a lot more about sex. So it's going to be appropriate for everyone. We're going to talk about some sexual health and wellness myths. Uh, and they'll be doing some DMs. So stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. I'm going to talk about some sex stuff. I love this. I love this. Uh, this is safe for everyone. I'm not going to talk about anything graphic, although I wish we would and could because we all have to get familiar with this normal, natural, healthy part of life. Um, anything we have to drop our voice about or change the word around implies that there's something shame-based in it. And we're actually trying to get rid of the shame around it. If we can talk about our elbow, we can talk about all of our other body parts. If we can talk about what we did on the weekend with friends and family, well, yeah, there's a little bit of a boundary there. Friends and family don't really want to hear about your sex life. Uh, but again, we need to work on shifting that a little bit because I, I am shocked when people see certain others out in the world and make a face when they imagine that they're sexual beings, but everyone is. Uh, we are sexual throughout our lifespan. Older individuals are sexual. Your parents are sexual. People with different abilities and neurologies are sexual. People with different orientation and genders expressions are, are sexual. It's quite fascinating how we relegate some to you know that, that label of, we don't want to hear about their sex life. Um, so there's a lot of things to correct. I, I think sometimes as a sex therapist, which is, you know, I'm certified. I'm one of only a few hundred in the entire world that are actually certified, which is why we say to people, if you want to work on your sex stuff, go see a certified sex therapist, CST, certified sex therapist. Um, there's the people that, you know, get special training. It was like five year program to do it. Um, and then there's a lot of these other made up diagnoses and stuff that you want to stay away from. Um, okay. So, um, sex is more than just a physical act. Shocker. A lot of people don't realize that. And they'll say, yeah, you know, we're not really having sex because they think so um, focused on anatomy and penetration and don't realize that sex is bigger than that. Sex is about emotions. Sex is also about language. Sex is what, I mean, we're, we're, we're operating within our sexuality for most of the day. Sex is what we choose to wear in the morning. Sex is what parts of our body we choose to hide or choose to show. Sex is what we wear and how we comb our hair and put on our makeup. It's about us wanting to be seen a certain way. And the word that we usually want to be seen is attractive. Most people don't wear something that they feel unattractive in. Most people are uncomfortable. Most people want to wear something that they feel good in, which means attractive to others. Most people don't go out of the house unless they put their face on or comb their hair because they want to be seen as attractive. Like we're, we're afraid of using words like that, but that's what it really is. Yes. Our job has things like professionalism and, and a lot of what we wear or do might be tied more to that. But in a general basis, we want to feel good, which means attractive. We want to feel desirable. We want to feel accepted. That's part of our sexuality. That's on online at all times. Our sexuality is also how close we stand or don't stand to someone in line. Yes, of course, there's etiquette and there's boundaries, but it's also about am I drawn to that person or not? It's eye contact we make or break. 
We make eye contact and are oriented towards the people or things we find attractive in the world. That's part of our sexuality. All day long, your sexual psychology is scanning the environment for anything that's arousing, and you will then be, uh, you will acknowledge it. I don't care whether or not you're with your husband or wife or who it is, your brain has eyeballs, and those eyeballs will be oriented towards, and they will acknowledge. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's part of our sexuality always being online. <laughs> Um, how we respond to someone looking at us is about our attraction to them or their attraction to us or our sexuality. It's a thread that's woven through everything we do. And then we can even get more literal. I might literally be on my phone behind you in Starbucks sexting or flirting with someone. There's sex happening behind you. Sex happens in public in that way, in my head, in my conversation, in my phone. I might be looking at like nude photos. Who knows? Sex is always around us. It's in the jokes. It's in the word choice. So we can't, we can't say sex is that thing that people do over there alone in their bedroom with the door closed. Nope, not true. It's constantly, I mean, really think about it. Think about how it exists in, in it exists in advertising. How many billboards, album covers, and, and whatnot have pictures of people scantily clad? I drive down Sunset Boulevard or Melrose, and I see tons of billboards that are very sexually radically driven. There's sex right there on the street in front of us and people walking by. We have to have a, an increased level of comfort and willingness. And the work can't be about, you know, going back to Victorian style when they even covered the, the legs on a, on a table because that was seen as too risque. Oh yeah, uh, tablecloths went down to the floor because even the legs of a chair was too much. They wore dresses that went down to their ankles, came all the way up to their necks like a turtleneck, covered their arms. They were so afraid of sex, but we have to move towards the things that we're afraid of. We have to develop a healthy relationship with sex because sex is healthy and it's everywhere. We have to not shame it. And that's why I'm all about the time rat where we're in a fourth wave of feminism, which is about female sexual empowerment. And I'm here for it. Sex isn't bad or scary. People are, but we project our sexuality and our fear onto others and we judge them and we slut shame them. We call them sex addicts and we do all sorts of horrible things that are sexually traumatic and oppressive. You know, if you're calling someone a sex addict or you're slut shaming them, that's a form of sexual abuse. That's, um, that's emotional and psychological abuse under the sexual heading. 100% you are traumatizing their sexuality. If you shame your partner for their weight gain, you are traumatizing their sexuality. And that is a form of sexual and emotional abuse. 100%. Shaming what someone's turned on by, shaming their body, shaming how they are sexually with you. That is a form of abuse. People are shocked to hear that because it's become normalized. We've normalized a lot of levels of abuse. I'm always calling that out on the show. Gossiping, name calling is abuse. Bullying is abuse. Let's call it what it is. We're not sugarcoating things anymore. That's what I love about the current time we're in. We're calling things out lovingly, calling people in, as you say, lovingly saying, hey, that wasn't okay. We're not calling them out, we're calling them in, which is a safe, loving, respectful way of saying, hey, what just happened didn't feel okay to me. But that's part of sexual health and wellness is we have to develop a comfort around sexuality and know that it is always in existence all around us. And I'm not the only one. When I'm putting on something to go out for the afternoon, my first thought is how do I feel on this? How do I look? Sexuality. Always in play, always online, and we don't need to be afraid of it. Um, all right, y'all, we're gonna come back and talk more about this. Why? Because this is everything. Our sexuality is, in a, is an important part of our general self-esteem and, and self-worth. You can't separate them out. It's an important part of culture. It's been around since the beginning of time. Cave paintings, jewelry, pottery, Yep, sexuality, y'all, sexuality. All right, we're gonna talk about that and we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, that means you got a question you want us to answer, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put that in the DMs on our Loveland IG page. Wanna hear from you. Also, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around though. You got a whole lot more to come, y'all. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
All right, y'all, we are back, and we're going to talk about the tyranny of normal, but as it exists specifically within sexuality, but that is something we shouldn't try to be. Everyone's always trying to be normal, but that means you're trying to be something other than you are. You're trying to be what everyone else is, and no one's actually that. It's everyone's trying to be this thing that we call normal, which is this made-up arbitrary thing, which is always changing, and everyone's trying to be it, thereby not being themselves, and we're all trying to jump in on that because what? Most people are all about conformity or authoritarianism. We want to do what everyone else is doing, or we're going to do what we think we're supposed to do. That is the movement away from mental health, which is, wait a minute, who am I? What do I want? What do I need? That's why I love this current time around gender and sexuality and relational orientation changes where people are like, wait a minute, I didn't realize I had options. I don't have to be a man or a woman. I get to choose my gender expression. Gen you know, gender is a choice, y'all. Gender is a choice. Our hardwired sexual or, or I'm sorry, our hardwired innate anatomy, our genitals aren't a choice. Not at first. We are born with a certain set that we have, but how we choose to move through the world and express that is up to us. And we can make changes with that. I, I love that people get to really be authentic. Um, same thing with sexual orientation. You don't have to just be gay or straight. In fact, very few people are 100% either of those. There's a wealth of other ways to be. And then we talk about relational orientation. You don't have to be monogamous. You don't have to get married. You don't have to live together. What a beautiful thing. You have choices. Everyone that's going along and going through the same processes, y'all aren't living truth. Ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Ask yourself what part of yourself made that choice. Ask yourself what are the positives or negatives of that? They all have it. Being in an open poly relationship has a ton of positive and negatives. Being in a monogamous or a marriage has tons of positives and negatives. What's right for you? And having the courage to ask for what's right for you. So we're trying to get away from normal because that's, you know, it's kind of a joke in my field. But if someone says like, what's the number one thing that comes in your office? There's a thread of that in everyone saying, I just wanna be normal, just wanna be regular. I just want to be healthy. And it's like, no, I want you to be yourself. I want to help you courageously figure out who you are, what you need, how you want to move through the world, how you want to express your gender, how you want to have sex, how you want to spend your time during the day, what kind of job is right for you. You know, what kind of world do you want to be a part of? That's the work. And psychology traditionally was a tool of assimilation and normality, where it was about making everyone fit a statistical norm. But remember, statistical norm is a statistical norm. That means that isn't what most people are doing. It's just that's the average. But there's tons of people living on either sides of that, and they're just as healthy. And that's where honesty actually lives. But when you wrap that all up together and create a statistical norm with an equation, that isn't actually what normal is. It's like when people say, oh, the normal family is 2.5 children. Yeah, because that's based in numerics, but no one has two and a half children. You can't have half a child, not literally. And I don't want people to be like everyone else. I want them to be themselves. And that's the beautiful mental liberatory work that I do with my patients and my practice is who are you and what do you need? And whose life have you been living? And who have you been living life for? You know, we're trying to move away from this tyranny of normal because no one is. What's this magical brain that we're all supposed to have that everyone's trying to live up to? You know, all these different mental health diagnoses that we've labeled as disorders are actually a normal part of human life. It's called to be, it's called being human. You're going to be anxious at times. You're going to be depressed at times. It's called humanity. That's not a disorder. You're going to grieve for as long as it takes. There is no right amount of time for these things to exist, but we've patriarchally decided mm, this is what we're going to choose to be healthy. And if you're outside of that, something's wrong with you. That was a decision made. That's not a real thing. And different cultures have different norms and values. Things that we call disorders here are healthy in other cultures and vice versa. You get to decide. And sex is one of the most traumatized places where this gets played out. 
And what I love is we can look at their data. We can look at the data that is released by a lot of these porn search engines and they tell us the truth. They tell us what are the key terms that people are typing in, meaning what is the kind of stuff that people are aroused by. And I'll tell you one thing, it ain't having sex with my wife in my monogamous relationship in bed on a beautiful Sunday morning after showering in missionary position. Nobody's Googling that. Nobody wants that or is turned on by that. That is not normal. But yet we, we frame that as normal. Well, that's normal. No, actually it's not. The stats show us, the research shows us that's actually abnormal. Very few people want that. So people that are thinking they're having normal sex are having abnormal sex. No one's really doing that or wanting that. The more dynamic, diverse, creative things, that's what people want. That's actually normal. Kink is normal. Most people are kinky. Most people want creative, diverse things. If you're doing more of the quiet, limited vanilla stuff, you're actually statistically abnormal. So in theory, you have work to do in theory because you're abnormal. It's kind of like most kids upon graduating high school have sex. The norm is to have sex. 75 percent plus teens will have sex upon graduating high school prior to or at that time of that's normal. Yeah. Stats don't lie. That doesn't mean you have to do it. You get to decide what you do, but it shouldn't be determined by what's normal or abnormal. It should be determined by who am I? What do I want? What do I need? And what's right for me? And as I said, on another show, there's certain talks, there's certain there's certain questions and things we have to talk about to determine ready or not we're ready for sex. And I don't care what your age is, if you're not willing or able to have that talk, you ain't ready. You could be in your 60s and you might not still be ready because you're not willing to talk about STI and STD status. You're not willing to talk about the things that turn you on and turn you off. You're not willing to talk about your expectations. You're not ready. <laughs> get ready. That's what these topics are about. All right, we're gonna come back and do some DMs and then we're gonna keep trying to get ready. <laughs> So if you got a DM for us, a question or a topic, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, we'll be back. Stick around, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Oh, this one's a long one. Bear with me. Uh, hey, Dr. Chris. I'm a 25-year-old cis woman, and I'm struggling with my sexual identity. I've always been attracted to men and women, but have not had more than PG-13 sexual experiences with women. Bum, 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 bum. I've only had boyfriends my whole life, and I'm currently in a relationship with a man. It's great. But I've just realized I've never pursued a relationship with a woman. Here's the reasons why. Don't think my family would understand, or maybe they would judge me. I don't even know if I'm bisexual. Since... Uh, sorry, I lost my place. Since I've never been in a relationship with a person that identifies and the same gender as me, and I feel like I've been told my whole life that being sexually attracted to women is just a phase and I'll grow out of it, or that I'm just a slut, not actually bi. Whoa, you got some nasty people around you. <laughs> um, back to your question. That's a horrible thing to say to somebody. Uh, your question says, what am I What I'm struggling with is unlearning these internalized biphobias. Yeah, apparently everyone around you has to do that as well. And the wider world. A lot of people do not believe that a man can be with another man and still be interested in women or even do it to explore and still be hetero. It's shocking how much homophobia and toxic masculinity is in that. And um, we usually normalize more fluidity for women, but in your case, maybe not so much at all. The world has to understand that there are more than two sexual orientations, gay or straight. My God, we are so rigid and shaming around it. So we all have a lot of biphobia to undo. But back to what you said, you said, I gotta come to terms with my sexual truth. I can't help but feel like an imposter or an outsider when I claim ownership of bisexuality. Help, P.S. I love your work. You're changing the world. Oh, thanks. Means a lot. 
Um, so let me go back to the first part though. You said that um, I've only had boyfriends and I'm currently in a relationship with a man. Okay, so it's not necessarily that you're looking to explore because you're in a relationship with a man. It really sounds like you said, I'm just trying to come to terms with my truth and I don't want to feel like an outsider by claiming ownership. Yeah, listen, the gender of the person you're currently with doesn't speak to the totality of your sexuality. Just like if I'm with one child, that doesn't mean I don't love my other child. Just like if I'm in a comedy watching, if I'm at the movies watching a comedy, that doesn't mean I don't also love horror. If you see me eating vanilla ice cream, that doesn't mean I don't also enjoy chocolate. If you see me napping, that doesn't mean I don't also enjoy activity. If you see me outdoors, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy indoors. We are total people with, we, we are vast. We contain multitudes. I love that quote. I love that poem. Um, we, are, we, we all have so much more to us. And as I say on the show all the time, our gender training, uh, the identity that we have sexually, uh, afraid of being seen as a slut or being called a sex addict, or our body shame, all these different systems are in place that bury our truth deep, deep, deep within. But you get to claim and determine who you are. If someone says they are non-binary, non-binary you are, even if you present cis. You're allowed to claim bisexuality, even though you're currently with someone of the opposite gender. You tell the world who you are. The world doesn't get to tell you who you are. And our identities are far larger than just this one part of what we might be participating in currently. And so the work is for all of us. No one should have to struggle with the identity that they are. <laughs> just like no one should have to struggle with wanting to explore and try things out before they determine what they are. You are allowed to go have a homosexual relationship for 10, for 10 years if you want. And then you're allowed to come back and say, you know what, that wasn't for me. I'm actually hetero. And then hetero you are. You're allowed to present however you want and claim whatever gender identity you want, sexual orientation you want, um, relational orientation. Don't let the world tell you who you are. You tell the world who you are. And anyone who loves you and cares about you will accept that. And if they don't, then they are engaging in a form of abuse and violence by trying to minimize or shame and normalize you. And normal is not the goal and normal is not healthy and health lives outside of normative standards. And so I'm proud of you for being who you are and you have my support in calling yourself whatever it is you wanna call yourself because mental health is about us living and moving through the world in the ways that make sense with who we are and how we wanna be seen. And we tell the world what to call us. So bisexual, you are. Bam. It's that easy. All right, y'all. If you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. We want to hear from you. We want you to get your needs met. Always anonymous, always confidential. Put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff. It's all about the unlearning and relearning because as this question pointed out, we all got a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? And as you notice, a lot of these questions are the same. They're very similar topically because it's the same stuff that we're still stumbling over. You know, we got a lot of work to do. So stick around, y'all. We got a whole lot more show to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. Having a little bit of an education in some things we have to consider in service of our mental health and our sexual health. And I'm trying to get y'all ready because if you stay ready, you don't gotta what? Get ready. I know, thanks television. Um, so before the break, we we're talking about all the important things that we need to consider, which is number one, stop trying to be normal. Most people aren't. It's abnormal to be normal. The things that we determine to be normal, the smallest percentage of people are actually doing, especially when it comes to sex. 75 plus percent of people are having kinky, taboo, creative, diverse kind of sex. Or that's at least more honest for what they want, even if they're not having it with their partners, as evidenced by the kinds of things people report fantasizing about and what the 
search engines tell us people are typing in when looking for certain kinds of porn. That tells us what people are looking for. It's like, you wanna know what products people are shopping for? The search engines will tell you. <laughs> Clearly, same thing with the porn engines. And they're telling us, it ain't the vanilla stuff. That is not normal, that's not what people want. But yet a lot of people, that's the only kind of sex they're having because they're not sexually confident, because they've been shamed. They're afraid of not being seen as a, as a good mom because of the sex they like, or the kind of woman you marry because of the sex they like, because we're still sex shaming and misogynistic. People are afraid of being seen as a, as a sex addict if they admit that they masturbate multiple times a day. Great, you have a lot of time and energy, enjoy yourself. There's no right number as long as it's not creating harm for yourself. And most of the time it isn't. There's no right amount of sex to have. And that's what I'm trying to make tonight's show about the, the truth, the authenticity being ourselves. So that was one of the big ones is looking at why are we having the kind of sex we're having? Is that who I am? Is that really what I want? Um, that's where mental health lies, not in performing wellness, but really being where you're at. And also acknowledging that sex isn't just about the physical. It really bums me out when I hear people talk about it that way, as though sex is only what we do with another person or even alone, but in our bedroom with the door closed. Sex is what we say, sex is what we wear, sex is how we move through the world, sex is what we're looking at, sex is what we're talking about, and maybe it's what we're literally doing on our phones in line at Starbucks, is having sex with someone by flirting or sending nude photos and videos. <laughs> it's everywhere, y'all. It's on the billboards too, it's in the television shows, it's in the songs, it's on our minds. We have to normalize that with appropriate boundaries. Um, ready for this other zinger? And I'm gonna do a show like this as often as possible because these are the same things that are still, people are still getting wrong because the stuff we're watching on television, the conversations we're having and whatnot. Um, sex is supposed to be fun. People are overthinking it when they're like, how do I look? Is my, is my, is my erection good enough? Or is my body looking weird? Am I making sounds? Oh my God, you're missing the point. Sex is like dessert. There's no wrong way to do it. Just enjoy it and have fun. Oh my God. It's like with dessert or food. I don't care if you're using a fork or a spoon, working from the outside in or the inside out. Who cares? There are no rules. Just enjoy. We have to, we get so hung up on performing things the right way. Sex isn't a performance. Sex has no goal. There is no wrong way to do it as long as it's done with compassion and consent. It doesn't matter if you orgasm. It doesn't matter if you have penetration. It doesn't matter if your erection's doing what you think it's supposed to do. Use your fingers, use your tongue. Have fun, y'all. You're missing the point if you're making it right or wrong or good or bad. Just have fun. But part of that is we have to stop having the kind of sex we don't wanna have. Hookup culture, nothing wrong with it. It's okay to just want an adult experience with another adult with no strings attached. Awesome, cool. Sometimes I'm sitting at a coffee shop and I wanna have a random conversation with someone to build intimacy that way. I don't know their name, I don't want their name, I'm not gonna see them again. I just wanted to bond. We're allowed to do the sexual physical version of that as well. There's nothing wrong with that. However, it has created some issues in that people are starting to only think transactionally. This is what I want, let's do this. And they think that somehow that's what all sex should be as opposed to it being a co-creation in the moment of, I don't know who this person is, I can't promise anything, let's see what happens when we come together, let's explore, let's have fun, but we wanna know ahead of time what it's gonna be. I'm a top, I'm a bottom, I do this, I, oh my God, those aren't real things. Soften, loosen, let go, just have fun, be in the moment. I want people to take that into hookup culture as well. Make no promises. I don't know what I'm gonna be up for doing when I meet you or come over there. I have to see what happens. I can't promise anything. You're not a top, you're not a bottom, no one's these things, you're not born that way. Those are preferences. Great, I have a lot of preferences, but I'm a human being and I accommodate other people. You know what I mean? Preferences are flexible. We're taking these positions and these roles a little too seriously as though we can literally only top or bottom. That is not possible. You can do everything. It's called 
accommodation, but yes, you're maybe more familiar or have a preference for something. Okay. But in a healthy relationship or a healthy dynamic, we accommodate, we co-create, we get creative. It's a little body shame in there, you know, but sex is supposed to be fun. If you're not enjoying the sex you're having, then you're doing it wrong. You're not asking for things. You're not setting boundaries. You're focused on how it looks or focused on doing it right. All sorts of things. But that's one of the number one things I'm always reminding couples in my practice. Wow, that doesn't sound like it's fun anymore. How can we make it fun again? Which is also what relationships are supposed to be about. FYI, yes, they take work, but not a lot of work. If it's taking a lot of work, you need therapy or maybe you're not a match. Just want to kind of keep throwing that one out there as well. Just because we're interested in someone doesn't mean we're both built to have a relationship together. Just because we're interested in someone doesn't mean we have sexual compatibility or chemistry. Eee, I know it's a tough blow. It's a tough reality I have to sit with. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about this. But until then, got a question for us? Drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got, put it in there. You're helping others as you're helping you. It's always anonymous, always confidential. Or maybe there's a topic you want us to hit or something you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. Put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back. We are talking about mental health. We are talking about sexuality. We're talking about sexual health and wellness. I want to bring sex back. A couple of people are like, hey, can you talk more about sexual-based stuff? And I was like, sure. You know, it's an ongoing thing. Um, so much to consider, so much to theorize about. And it's all about just getting more confident and comfortable in the topic in general so that we can just move through the world feeling okay about ourselves and not missing out on the joy and fun, which is what, which is what sex is supposed to be about. Um, so let's talk about SDs and SDIs for a minute. They're not always visible. What? I know. There's still a lot of myths thinking that if you're not having an outbreak, let's say with herpes, that, well, then I'm not, I can't transmit it to someone. It's not infectious. Yes, it is. Just because you don't have the symptoms of something doesn't mean you can't transmit it to someone, which is why on multiple shows, I'm always advocating for the fact that it's about informed consent. Someone can't consent to sex if they don't know what they're coming in contact with. If you are positive for an STD or STI, you need to disclose that. But people also need to ask, hey, what am I coming in contact with? Have you been diagnosed with an STD or STI? And when's the last time you were tested? And if we're not willing or comfortable to ask those questions, you are not mature or confident enough or ready to have sex, period. We have to be willing to disclose and willing to ask. It's on both parties. Yes, we are responsible for other people and how we impact them. Yes, we are. We're not allowed to just drive recklessly while drunk, while on our phone, because I'm not responsible for the other car. And if I hit them, that's their fault. They should be paying attention. No, that doesn't work like that. We are responsible for others. We don't go around just hitting people and throwing things and whatever we want to do. Sex is no different. And so you need to disclose and you also need to ask. And the more we do that, the more the stigma will be reduced because no one's dirty because they got an STD or STI. They're just positive for something. We walk around all day long with different colds and flus and viruses. We're not dirty. It's just something that happens. That's why, again, we talk about safer sex because anytime you come in contact with another human being in any capacity, you might get monkeypox or COVID or a wealth of other things. It isn't safe to be around people. You go on the subway, an airplane, or into the supermarket, you are coming in contact by touching, by aerosols, by speaking to and being close to all sorts of things. Sex is no different. I do wish we were all asking those questions even outside of sexuality. Hey, have you been feeling healthy? Have you had a cough or the flu? Oh, you have? Let's not go to dinner tonight. <laughs> Let's not have game night. <laughs> you know, it's very reasonable. But it's not necessarily visible. 
And that's why we get tested because we can have something, but not have signs or symptoms. We might know we have something, but not have an outbreak. Yes, you can still transmit it to someone you need to disclose. I'm sorry to have to tell you that. Some things are not resolvable with a pill and a shot, and they're not curable, and we're going to have to always make that disclosure. That is part of this process. But remind, I want to remind everyone, most SDs and SDIs, with a pill and a shot, you're back to life. It ain't that deep. Stop stressing. Just get tested and ask questions. And also learn all the different ways to protect yourselves. There's a lot of different ways that sex can still be fun if someone has a diagnosis and we can't do skin to skin or we can't do penetration or we have to avoid their mouth or we have to avoid their penis or the vaginal area. Okay, cool. Well, we have an entire body, which is a huge geography of, of skin that has nerve endings that will make any form of touch or rubbing or licking or kissing feel very good. Sex is not penetration. Sex is coming together with another person's body and having some joy, fun, and pleasure. It doesn't have to be penetrative. It, if, you're, if you're having your period, great. Sex doesn't have to be penetrative. We can still have sex or we can avoid it depending on our comfort levels. Same thing with an outbreak on your face. Great, sex doesn't have to involve my mouth. Oh, it's an outbreak on my penis. Great, sex doesn't have to involve my penis. We can mutually masturbate. We can use toys. We can roll around with our clothes on. One person can perform something on the other person. We can use condoms. We can use a dental dam. Sex is not just genitals and penetration. I could say that on every show and I will still have a couple come in the day after saying, we're having a problem with our sex life. And, I, and I'm like, what are you guys up to? And they're telling me tons of sex that they're having, but they're focused and obsessing with just the penetrative part, ignoring and illegitimizing all the other things they're doing. And the funny kick in the pants of all of it is this. People will say, yeah, penetration, sex, I wanna have real sex, I can't believe. And I'll say to them, oh, so you're monogamous, so then your partner can do oral and handy J's with other people? And they're like, well, no, that's cheating. Why? Because it's sex, that's my point. Because sex is a wide umbrella of things. And if your partner is breaking monogamy by sending nude photos to someone, well, then that is clearly sexual. Why can't you and your partner be doing that as a form of sex? Because it's sex but we get hung up and obsessed with doing it the right way because as I was saying earlier on tonight's show, we are obsessed with being normal and doing things the way we think we're supposed to. It's heartbreaking because none of it's necessarily true. And that's some of the most important work I do is reminding people there's no right way. I'm not here to help you do sex the right way. I'm here to help you just have fun with sex. And that throws people off because we live in a culture where we want to take a pill or get a surgery and we just want everything to be optimal and perfect. Psychology and sexuality don't work like that. I can't promise you'll have it the way you want it, but I can help you learn still to have fun nonetheless. That's the work of good sex therapy. Throws people off because again, we want to be normal. We want to look like everyone and perform like everyone, even though that's not actually what everyone is doing, but we have this magical vision in our head of what everyone else is doing. And I have to correct that as well. I'll say them after having worked with thousands upon thousands of individuals and couples over the 20 years, almost I've been doing this. I can tell you normal ain't normal. <laughs> what you think is normal actually is not normal in terms of mental health, sexual health, or whatever it is erotically. Um, which is so fascinating. And I love sharing those stats. And sometimes they penetrate and they liberate someone and other times just kind of bounces off. Um, so there's that, you know, we all have work to do within that. Um, all right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about how abysmal sex ed is and also the variability of sexual desire. And then we'll be doing some DMs y'all. So now's your chance. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit circle back, drop deeper into, and guess what? past episodes of the show so you can take me on a car ride on a hike as you're cleaning the house listen to it with a partner go over to wearechannelq.com scroll down look for love line and click on it you can binge post re-listen share 
because you got to get that positive messaging in somehow. Got a lot to unlearn, and then we got to relearn, right? Critical analysis, but then we also have to be regenerative. Um, yeah, because we have to build that stuff in because the quality of your life is rooted in the quality of your practice. You always got to say to yourself, what am I practicing? What am I working on? All right, we'll be back listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris and Channel Q and Odyssey. Y'all stick around. Don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back and we're finishing up our discussion on how to increase our self-esteem and self-worth via sexuality. Oh, yes, because it's all tied together. You cannot separate these things out. You cannot move through the world or your relationship feeling bad about your body or sexuality and somehow think that your self-esteem is going to be optimal or at its peak. It doesn't work like that. So we're hitting a bunch of different topics and I will circle back and lovingly handle all this again with you so you can kind of build it in and hear from different angles. But at least commit to taking away at least one thing that you're going to apply, whether it's the fact that no one's actually normal and yet we're all obsessed with this magical idea of being normal and we've made up a vision of what that looks like, even though that's not what anyone is really doing. It's just a statistical norm and everyone's on either side of it, but yet we all want to do this thing. So bizarre. Also understanding that sex is about pleasure. Just go have fun. Stop worrying about what you look like, what you sound like and whether or not you're doing it right. It isn't just one thing. Um, you know? Um, and also how about this one? Sexual desire is going to vary always or sometimes don't panic. Don't make a big issue of it. We can't expect to always be in this synchronized process where we always want it at the same time in the same ways and stop gendering it. Sometimes women want more sex than men. In fact, the study are showing it's women that are wanting group sex and open relationships at higher rates than men. Women also watch porn. It's just, we've been sexist and not, and not really allowing women to have sexuality. And now women are stepping into it, talking about it, displaying it. Yes. Women are as sexual as men. Stop with this weird thinking that men want it more than women. That's not true. And stop trying to assume that your husband's always going to be the initiator or your male partner or your dominant partner or your butch partner or your masculine partner. Everyone has the responsibility of initiating the sex they want to have. Stop sitting back like a victim and waiting for your partner to initiate it. I don't care what your partner's gender expression is. It's on you to, to try to create the kind of sex life you want to have. It's no one's job. I will never agree. Well, in a hetero couple, it's the man's job. That's not true. Speak up. That's the problem is we don't have the confidence to ask for the kind of relationship world or even sex we want to have, but it's going to ebb and flow. So as I always say, if your partner approaches you for sex, you might not be interested in one specific thing, but be open to some form of connection. Hey, I don't want penetration. Let's just do oral. Hey, I'm not looking to have sex, but I'll perform sex on you because I'm kind and I love you. Of course I'll rub your feet. Of course I'll have sex with you. I care about you. Maybe I don't want to have any kind of eroticism at all. So come here and cuddle with me or come here and let's have a talk. Let's go for a walk. Let's hold hands. But you want to receive your partner in some form because even though you think they just want sex, no, they want to connect. They want to be close or maybe they do want sex. And why is that a bad thing? You're their sexual partner. You're, you're mad at them for coming to you. That's what they're supposed to do, especially if you're monogamous. Otherwise they're going to go to someone else. So stop complaining. You can't say to someone, I want to be your only sexual partner. And then we're going to get mad and complain when you come to me for sex. I have to offer something. Otherwise we are not built for monogamy. Provide something on any level, something affectionate, something sensual, just to let them know, like, I'm here for you. I care about you. Or even just give them a kiss and say later tonight, I can't right now, but you have to be open. Otherwise they're going to stop coming to you and they're going to go somewhere else. And that's not permission giving. That's just part of how that system works. Be a part of it. Be a caring partner and care about your partner's sexuality and eroticism and sexual needs getting met a hundred percent. And if not, you got a problem going on in your relationship. There's some deep seated anger, resentment, or something going on, work through it, work it out or get out. 
We're not keeping people, you know, trapped and miserable anymore in marriages. Oh yes, we're not doing that anymore. And then finally, this whole idea, maybe this is more about education and parents, but talking about sex and teaching about sex doesn't lead to more sex. And even if it did, there's nothing wrong with that. But people are going to have sex and you want them to be armed with how to take care of themselves, how to communicate, how to set boundaries and safer sex practices. Because again, telling your kid to not text and drive is not meaning that they're then gonna go ahead and do it. Telling your kid that they're safer if they wear a seatbelt doesn't mean they're gonna start speeding. It's just saying things happen and here's how you protect yourself. But adults have to talk about that as well. You know, we realized that there were rising rates of STDs and STIs with older older individuals because we somehow desexualized them and thought that they no longer needed to have those conversations or understand how to talk about that. Like, oh my God, they do. People with different levels of intelligence and ability or disability, they, they also are sexual beings and need to be discussing communication, boundaries, and safer sex practices. That's a human experience. And for people that are asexual, they also often will participate in sexuality for various number of reasons. So it's something everyone needs to talk about. And if you're in a primary committed relationship, dear God in heaven, that is the person you have to be able to talk to about these things because if not them, then who? And as I always say, if we can't talk about this difficult topic, I'm worried about other topics we can't talk about. So what a great place to begin learning how to have those conversations. Because to share with, share with someone our body and our sexuality is such a beautiful gift. Um, let's gift it to people we care about and even let's gift it to people we don't care about because sexuality is about fun, joy, and pleasure. And if it's done consensually and with compassion, well, then we all walk away a winner. (laughs) And isn't that what we really all want to walk away like a winner? (laughs) I, I know we can laugh about it. It's a lighthearted topic. You know, it doesn't have to, not everything has to have a seriousness to it. Life is serious enough, serious enough as it is. That's why I had to take a break from the news. I was like, I can't start my day. Like I had been with all of this mess because the news rarely celebrates, you know? And I was like, I can't start my morning with all this kind of stuff weighing on my shoulders. So anywho, I digress, but, uh, coming up next DMS. So put those questions and topics in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, so we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I have a question. During quarantine, me and my partner got really close. I bet you did. We didn't have access to much else. (laughs) Uh, We bonded over something I'm ashamed of, drugs. Our relationship isn't the best, but we plan nights out where we'll just smoke a lot of weed and talk and laugh. But I feel like our relationship is suffering because during the day, we're sober and awkward. Or we'll talk about the weekend and how excited we are just to get high. But that's it. We both aren't addicts, but it's starting to feel weird. What can I do? Well, it sounds like you need time away from the weed and you need time together without an intimacy buffer because that's what marijuana becomes an intimacy buffer, a way to be together while not together, a way to be present while not being fully present. And it's okay. There's a time and place for that. Go have cocktails, smoke some weed, do whatever you want to do. You're an adult. You make those decisions. Mind altering substances are okay if we're getting our needs met, being safe and taking care of ourselves. And um, you're getting too comfortable with it. And I think your level of vulnerability, which is what intimacy mandates, is something that is now becoming a little more uncomfortable and foreign for you. So what am I saying? I'm saying in your daytime lives or the other times when you're not smoking weed, do practice sitting before each other, making eye contact, asking each other deep questions. Also, go out in the world and do things together and try to again pose and ask each other really important, meaningful questions that help us really learn how to communicate and relate on levels that, you know, again, drop us deeper into who we are, but don't have these intimacy buffers. And it's a little bit of both. You know, sometimes the best thing to do is an activity while talking. Other times we sit there and make eye contact and hold each other's hands while talking, but don't let your daytimes be spent watching television or, or anything. Again, that is another intimacy blocker. It's going to be uncommon. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but you want to familiarize yourself. You have to normalize. So you have to basically do the opposite of what you've done with the weed. You've gotten very comfortable and familiar because you repeatedly went back to time together while smoking weed. You have to balance that with tons of time together without, and it's not going to feel comfortable in the beginning because again, we're familiarizing ourselves with that ability, but it's possible and it's doable, but you have to maybe plan, write down a few important topics or questions that you could ask or talk about and go from there. And that might feel a little scripted in the beginning, but often it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Refamiliarize yourselves. And that's really all it's about. Don't panic, but you don't wanna over rely upon your relationship being built around something that again, creates a little bit of space and distance. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, We got time for another one. Let's see what we got here. Um, Dear Dr. Chris, I'm pretty sure you've gone over this before, but what are your favorite dating apps? Um, I want someone to cuddle with and watch scary movies with. 
<laughs> which ones would you recommend? You sound like me. All I want to do is cuddle and watch scary movies. Um, you know, it really depends on the area you live. It's not so much the app itself because people go on apps and people go on apps and bring the same stuff that they bring into the rest of their lives. There's no app that is going to be the same in every different city. Um, and you're going to meet all different kinds of people on the apps. It's really about you just taking it seriously enough because there's other human beings on there, but not taking it so seriously that you see it as the entire determinant of what's possible and what your future is going to look like because people are always joining and leaving and rejoining. So it's really about just being loose with it. Be consistent, go on there, uh, be yourself, um, but don't, but don't let it become something that overwhelms you or bums you out because you can have a lot of bad experiences on there, but all the popular ones are the popular ones. So Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, those are the ones that have the highest amounts of people and are the most used. So again, you're gonna come in contact with a wealth of individuals, which is great, but also you're gonna come in contact with a wealth of individuals, which isn't great because the more people you come in contact with, the more problematic, bad behavior you're also gonna come in contact with. But you wanna be on a site that has those kinds of numbers because there's a lot of people on those. So just be yourself um, and you gotta put the time in. But again, there's no app that's gonna promise you're gonna meet the right person for you, or and there's no app that promises you're gonna meet people that are like healthier or looking for what you're looking for. All kinds on all the different apps. Um, I wish there was like a better answer, but it's up to the health of the people that you happen to connect with, you know? But they're on there, just gotta put the time in. I know, I wish I had like this magical app that was perfect, but I don't really know what you're looking for. And again, they're all very generalized, so put the time in. You'll find that horror movie cuddle buddy. All right, so if you've got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night, so join us then. Drop the bar for yourselves and everyone else around you. More care and compassion, please. As always, thanks for hanging out, y'all, and you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.